Hello and welcome to the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast, proud member of the ANA Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Burbridge. Today, we're bringing you the thrilling conclusion to our special two-part episode with futurist, author, and late-night talk show host, Joseph Jaffe. Our conversation picks up with a discussion around cryptocurrency and the marketing opportunities inherent within. Finally, we cover why diversity, equity, and inclusion is the path to the future and what Joe's got in store for us next. Let's start the show. Now, this might seem like a bit of a left turn for some of our listeners, but in reality, it's kind of the underpinning, the economic underpinning of everything we've been discussing up to this point. I'd like to talk a little bit about cryptocurrency for a bit, uh, specifically Jaffe Coin. I want to learn more about Jaffe Coin, why you decided to create it, and where do you see that market, that space headed? I, I wish I credited the coin, um, but I was ridiculously lucky to get one. Um, so this is a company called Rally.io, uh, and well, Rally, and and what Rally have done is they created the Rally token, which is a side chain. By the way, I would like to just uh, caveat the uh, with two statements. One, I really don't know what the hell I'm talking about, and I'm learning about it all the time. <laughs> and two, I'm not giving any investment advice whatsoever. I'm not a licensed uh, financial advisor, except to tell you to buy Jaffe. I guess I just did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which which makes you go back to the first point. I don't really know what the hell I'm talking about. But um, I I will tell you, so so what Rally has done is they've created what they call creator coins. Right now, there are about 100 and I want to say 130 creator coins. But their vision is to have thousands upon thousands of these creator coins by the end of the year. So much so that it is even a self. So at the moment, it's VIP invitation only and their backlog, like you cannot believe. But like whether it's a band like Portugal, the men or uh, or it's a, or it's a, an artist or it's a, um, a marketing thought leader or a talk show host. Um, what they've done is they've essentially created something that I wrote about in Flip the Funnel, which is 11 years young right now, which is what I call universal currency. Mm. And, and, and what I said in the book is, you know, Nike would have a swoosh and Coke, Coca-Cola would have a ribbon. And, and I actually worked on a program like this for uh, Stella Artois uh, called La Societe, where they had the chalice. But the idea with a currency is a currency can be bought and sold and held and shared and exchanged and gifted and redeemed. And it is the universal language or dial tone or however you want to think about it, where I, I felt then that brands could engage and interact with every aspect of their customer ecosystem. And, and I called it the three C's, which is content, conversation, and commendations. And then, of course, the fourth one is commerce. But the idea is like the more you buy, the more you earn. That's the easy part. That's the short-sighted part. But what about content creation? What about joining the conversation? What about a commendation, which was a rating, a review, a, you know, a recommendation, a, a testimonial? I never thought that actually we would see universal currency being birthed you know, for individuals and for creators and specifically using... Uh, cryptocurrency. So right now, you know, I mean, for those people that tr- that are trying to understand it and the whole NFT process, again, I'm trying to understand it too. 
But what I love about it is there is a brilliant video um, which, uh, which Elon Musk uh, tweeted around that actually makes the case for crypto using this idea of uh, someone bringing a piece of gold you know, to a, you know, a trading kiosk where someone's, you know, like uh, ordering, I guess, tepid lemonade and, you know, shrunken heads and, and all these, like, it's almost like kind of like, you know, um, prehistoric. And, uh, and he goes, uh, all right, mate, that'll be half a chicken. And he goes, no, no, I've got something better than that. They go, what is that? And he says, it's called gold. He goes, I don't want any cold, you know, it's like called, and, and, and so, you know, he doesn't understand. He says, can I eat it? No. Can I wear it? No. Um, doesn't realize at the time what it represents. And when you think about what gold was to chickens, you know, what paper was to gold, what digital is, you know, to paper and what cryptocurrency on the blockchain is with all the aspects of blockchain, which is decentralized, which is public, which is all the, you know, the interesting aspects that says this is truly international and universal and and uh, and uh, democratized, of course, going through big growing pains uh, with respect to regulation, China, Elon Musk, but you can see the promise and the potential. And so for me, I've put everything into it with respect to live tipping, with respect to actually embedding show rewards. So whether you want to go backstage on the show, whether you want a cameo on the show, a five-minute cameo, whether you want to sponsor the show, whether you want your own show. And, and what I'm doing now, I just launched a, I've launched a whole series of rewards that are related to my upcoming heart surgery, um, which is, uh, and uh, when, people, uh, when people listen to this, uh, well, I've had the heart. <laughs> Am I recovering or where are we? You are in, in recovery. You're. I'm in you're, recovery. Yes. So I, I made it. like a champ. You're already getting up. Thank God. Thank God. I've seen the future. I'm, I'm recovering. Um, but what I've done is I've termed them. There's big heart, you know, heart of gold, uh, heart to heart, beating heart. They're all different levels of people being able to go fund me, support me during a very tough time, but also embedded into the show. And I just launched a new one today that are called Heart Transplant, where someone could actually host the show in the oh, week before wow. I come back. And I would be in the background, you know, producing it, doing the camera angles, but also teaching them how to host their own show um, as well. Um, so that's how I've, and it's all done through cryptocurrency, you know, because if you think about it, what would I have done otherwise? I would have I don't have secure credit card. I'm a solo entrepreneur. I don't have secure credit card processing. You know, I suppose I could tell them to send it to me through PayPal, but then I lose money. They lose money. There's credit card processing fees. And, and what you realize is how much is being left on the table right now. Um, whereas with this new approach, sure, there are going to be some tax implications as there should be. Um, but there's some very interesting ways now for people to engage, trade, compensate, reward, um, and experience. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's just, I mean, it's just good old fashioned marketing at the, as well, like going past transaction to relationships. Like that's really what stood out to me is like in my head, it's like a multi-dimensional fan club of the future. You know, you get a coin of somebody you're passionate about and that coin theoretically can bring you closer to them or give you shared experiences with them or something exclusive that has to do with them. 
Uh, I just think that that's all really cool and kind of segues pretty beautifully into the next question I wanted to ask. I love that, by the way, the, the way you express that, the, the, the idea of the fan club, that's, that's terrific. Yeah, that's just, well, I'm, uh, music is one of my central passions. So that's kind of where all of my initial comparisons in my head uh, go to. And that just sounds like, you know, if, if you got a coin of somebody, it's because you're very passionate about what they do and you just want to know more about it, experience more about it. Um, and that's, you know, the old like Misfits fan club, uh, you know, you'd get tour interviews and this and that and things that like, you know, only people in the know would think are cool, but they think they're the coolest thing. And so, yeah, I just think, I think that there's a lot of uh, learnings uh, for marketers, but what do you think are some of the ways this is going to affect the world of marketing in the short term and the long term? And specifically cryptocurrency? Mm -hmm. I think cryptocurrency, even NFTs, if you want to venture out into the deep water. Well, well, the, the, the NFT use cases seem to be a lot more obvious, I should say, for brands. When you can think about history um, of, of owners, but also history of occasions, when you think about how these tokens um, can now represent different levels of access and assets and rewards, maybe an interesting way to think about it is you know, an NFT is, is a brand manifestation of universal currency, you know, so, so it's less important that it was paid for in or, or even not in by cryptocurrency, but the, but the NFT represents the ability to create this, this digital badge, you know, and, and I've heard some interesting ideas of like, you know, on, on one level, um, you know, some people have said, you know, you could NFT the cover of your book. I don't think anyone would really want that or care about that. Um, so I'm trying to think of, 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 ones, of ways for me, but a brand could very easily be able to start thinking about, um, it's what I call pop. I almost wrote a book on that I was going to call pop. And what pop stands for is place of purchase, point of purchase, and proof of purchase. To me, the holy grail of all of the future of brands, branding and marketing is this idea of proof of purchase. We do not recognize and reward our customers based on their actual loyalty and their actual patronage. And it's not just the unit sale, it's tenure. It's how long they've been a customer mm -hmm. um, as well. So there's recency and frequency. There's so much richness in this idea. And I think, an, and of course, the, just like with blockchain, it can be programmed and it can change. You know, so it's very much dynamic um, as well. So when I think about the ability to, you know, even to re, like imagine you're H&M and you're opening up a new store you know, a physical store, and you want to actually like acknowledge and reward people who, who showed up on that day by being able to give them something that they can take with them and maybe sell or resell, why not? Um, but certainly be able to show up at different points in time, physically, digitally, mobily, socially, virtually, and be able to redeem or acknowledge who they are and more importantly, where they are and why they are, mm. you know? So it, if you think about it, like the whole concept of demographics 
You know, it is so archaic and superficial. You know, I am a male. I'm 50 years old. I live in Westport, Connecticut. You know, I'm, you know, uh, I have a face for radio. No, um, but but then when, as I said, that's who I am. But what about what I am, or where I am, or when I was, or why I am? Those are the kinds of um, con contextual um, enhancements that might be able to come through um, in this thing called an NFT. Yeah, absolutely. I, one word you used in there definitely was, I think, perfectly, at least in my estimation, uh, describes it. It's like a dynamic sense of ownership. You know, you take this, the concept, the psychological concept of ownership and it's fluid. It can be anything you want and can continually evolve. I think that's one thing where a lot of people are like, well, isn't that just like a, you know, a, a super special JPEG or what if, wouldn't it be better if it was a real thing? But like the idea is you're entering into a relationship that can constantly change. And, you know, with, you know, blockchain and everything, there's that, you know, security to it it's incorruptible it's there there is no curtain to pull back um yeah i think that there's a lot of things maybe brands shouldn't necessarily be jumping into this very day but like you mm. need to consider it and you need to be and, and i'll add one thing as well is from what i understand and again i may not i may be completely wrong on this but it isn't just you know intangible and digital first of all it can attach to it a tremendous amount of of swag and merch and 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 shirts and you know and and uh, and benefits that are very much tangible but it doesn't also have to only be born as a digital you know entity um so so the, the entry ticket to a concert for example that's a physical ticket that you still may want to put on your pin board and collect but this is a much more efficient and dynamic digital version of that as well and the physical ticket has limitations. You lose it, the dog eats it, you know, you spill coffee on it, etc. And it doesn't transport or transfer well at all. So I think people just need to like, it, you've got to like uh, zoom out in order to kind of see, as I said, not where the puck is, but where the puck is heading. Absolutely. Uh, so last, but absolutely certainly not least. Uh, the reason I asked this fourth of your four kind of guiding principles that you're living right now is because it's something we ask everybody, because I think that this is just absolutely pivotally important, way beyond marketing. Um, and we like to just kind of leave it open for the guests. So uh, Joseph, what are your thoughts on diversity and inclusion? Yeah, so I mean, my my thoughts are, and I've lived through this through the show, you know, with specifically with and what began with uh, it, did, it certainly didn't begin with George Floyd being murdered because it was happening all the time, um, but with Black Lives Matter, be, you know, moving from a moment to a movement um, and beyond, but also kind of witnessing, uh, and we have to be very very clear, you know, I am as fiercely focused on the all three, diversity, equity, and inclusion, gender inequality, you know, a power imbalances. I mean, even at its most simplest level, the board and the boardroom and leadership should mirror the customers that they serve. It is as simple as that. And when you still look at the percentage of 
leaders and C-suite and board um, that are people of color, that are women, um, it, it's, you know, I mean, it's disgraceful and it's bad business. It's, it, you know, it's common sense and it's good business sense. And, and, and like what I've just tried to do is do my part. I'm, I'm not trying to be self-righteous and I'm not trying to preach, but I am trying to back up what I'm saying in action. So for example, with my show, with my new show, um, I have a performer, but I'm calling them not creators. And, and, I, and I'm being very explicit about it, which is if you are a middle-aged to young, you know, white male, you're probably going to be in the minority, you know, because I'm, sometimes you have to lean into it. You know, sometimes you have to explicitly say, until I can, until this is just natural, uh, then, then I have to like actually be, a, even if, if you want to use the word contrived, I have to actually explicitly take the steps and make a commitment until such time that it does become, but there are too many people that, that will chastise and wag their fingers and say, you shouldn't have to do this explicitly. It should just be natural. Yes, it should be, but there's got to be some action and execution in order to get there. And, and I'll tell you, like, like I'll be very honest at, at some point, and I'm still not there about a hundred episodes into the show. I went and I, did a very simple little spreadsheet and I wrote the words male or female next to my guests. And the percentage of females to males was about 19%. And I was like, that's just not good enough. Now, my process is, is uh, I learned a new term from Natalie Nixon, uh, which is called chaotic, which is a cross between <laughs> chaos and order. But my process was more chaotic, not chaotic which is when, you know, if, if somebody was on my show and they said, hey, you should read Andy Storch's book called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, or you should have him on your show, I'd invite him on my show. I, I didn't look at it and say, well, wait a second, does he check this box? Does he check that box? And then my booking schedule is just, when do you want to come on the show? I don't have a booker, it's just me. I don't have someone looking at that. And, and so I made a simple commitment, which is no week will go by on my show where there are four males just as simple as that. The show goes Monday through Thursday. There's a reunion show from the previous guests on Friday. That's where I am right now. I've changed that iteration many times, but it's as simple as that. If there are four males, I'm going to call up one by one and say, I need you to move to another week. And if they don't, then I'm just going to spin a wheel, you know? And so that is the start. There are some weeks where I've had four women in a row, um, but it is not the norm. It is the exception, but everything again begins. Every journey begins with a simple and a single step. And that is how I have, you know, as I said, I don't want to be self-righteous. You know, I don't want to preach one thing and practice another thing, but I have to begin by also just being able to say, I'm also trying to figure it out and I'm also learning. Yeah. And that's so, so important. Like you, you've got to put the work in, you know, this idea, well, you shouldn't have to do that. Well, the world shouldn't be systemically racist and hold down marginalized right. people and, and have been doing that for four centuries. Like if you want to get into the should game. Um, so I, I think have, that that's amazing. I, I mean, you just, you just like sparking all these thoughts as well, because I've, I've had many guests that have uh, spoken to me about shoulding. It's called shoulding, right? I had, <laughs> uh, I think it was Alison Escalante who actually spoke about depression. She's a psychologist and she said about the dangers of, of shoulding. But I also had Robin D'Angelo who wrote White, White Fragility. You know, mm. and she said everyone should begin with the default that we are racist. 
Yeah. So that that's the default. Now, if you want, instead of saying, I'm not racist, that's not me, then you got to prove it, right? So you right. got to push off against the starting point is that we are all just a little bit racist. Like we all have it built into us, whether we even aware of it or not. Now, that is not for everyone. That is a tough starting point. You know, it is a tough starting point, you know, and, and I would struggle to tell you I, I, I would struggle, I am right now, to get the words out uh, to even say, associate that with, with me. Um, but, but these are the self-awareness right now and mindfulness. These are new superpowers to, to, you know, to, you know, to add to things like endurance um, as well. And, um, and hopefully we're making progress. And by the way, we will buy from brands that share maybe not the same values as we share, but at least are demonstrating that they are flawed and works in progress. And I think that to me is what a, what a you know, they say done is better than perfect. That, mm-hmm. that, that is like brands have got to stop trying to be perfect and just focus on the done part, on, on, on as you say, putting in the work, jobs to be done. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know why this is a very old uh, reference at this point, but it always comes back to me when Netflix tried to create two companies and one was going to mail you DVDs and this one over here was going to stream. And the entire world was like, that is absolutely stupid. They cut a video. They were like, we hear you. Now that we think about it, not the great idea, going to put it all under one platform. And I just think about how many brands would have allowed that to be their identity for a year. I mean, just let the brand undo where it's that simple, you know what, you're right. We're going to go back to the lab and think about it. And like, that was the, you know, could have been a stumbling point or something, but it was barely a blip. And the next thing you remember about Netflix is that it was eating up the idea of media. It's a very rich analogy. And, and um, two things just jump out at me. One is um, that as a keynote speaker or, you know, uh, BP, right, before pandemic, mm-hmm. I, I, I still might do a presentation or two uh, in the future. Um, but, you know, people don't remember the pauses, the, you know, you forget where you are, you lose your place, you drop your notes or whatever, you know, uh, no one walks away going, wow, like that was, that was a really uncomfortable pregnant pause, you know, but, but if you kind of let that become the narrative, you know, and get lost in that, then that is what, you know, ultimately they'll remember as well. And so, you know, the ability to say we messed up, you know, we're not perfect. Um, you know, to err, you know, to err is human. Actually, what Bob um, um, Cialdini, who was on my show a couple of weeks ago, he said to err is, is human, uh, to forgive divine. But he actually said it actually to err is humanly. You know, it is, it's not just human, it's, it, it's humanity itself. But now to illustrate the opposite of that is Burger King on International Women's Day when they came mm-hmm. out with their woman belong in the kitchen. I mean, I just lashed out on it for so many reasons and simply because they pushed back they doubled they doubled down on dumb they you know defense is not the best offense offense is not the best defense defense is defense offense is offense and in this particular case just the ability to say we messed up and we're moving on and we learn from it you know and and what they did is they really really got people upset with them but it shows 
again, it's like so tough to be a brand marketer because you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, but but I gotta believe that long term, right now, first of all, you know, it's like it's like I say to people, don't tell me you're smart, just be smart, right? First of all, right. don't do stuff like that, you know. So let's just be clear, like don't do stuff like that. Don't try and 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 use you know uh, link baiting. Um, and 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 Twitter in these ridiculous ways. Twitter is not a marketing platform or messaging tool. It's not. It never has been. It never will be. Uh, so just if you want to commit in their case to the fact that you're giving and creating opportunities for more women to get into leadership positions, executive positions in the kitchen of top restaurants and uh, and QSRs, whatever, then just do it. You know, do right. it. And 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 as I even said in my critique. They could so easily have just opened up a room, you know, in Clubhouse, because again, in the streaming era, that's really what we're talking about. I mean, they could have probably done a live stream as well using video and brought some of these women into the room or on stage and let them talk about the opportunities that they've gotten through Burger King and, uh, you know, and, and, and let them be the heroes rather than, you know, the brand have to kind of steal the show. Yeah, that's just reminded me, this is years back when the BMA was a thing. Uh, one of their Chicago conferences, somebody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hero story is great to use in marketing. You're not the hero. The customer is the hero. You're like a wizard along the way who's going to give them one little thing to make their journey better. You're not the hero. The customer is the hero. And that's right. just, yeah, exactly. You're the, anti, you're the anti-hero or in some cases, the villain. Mm -hmm. um, as well. And it's, it's just important. But it also comes back to this idea that that the brand doesn't live in the center. And I actually did something different when, when I wrote join the conversation in 2007, I actually, you know, I called it the many to many model. So I actually showed like just using like a napkin from the one to many, which was, you know, the spray and pray to the one to one, the whole, you know, which which kind of seemed to be really expensive at the time. Uh, to the many to one, and I showed all the, but but eventually I, I showed the many to many. But the point was that the customer is not in the middle, nor is the brand. No one's in the middle. First of all, it's 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 not it's dynamic. You got to think of this like you know just this. Everything is moving all the time, and and different clusters are forming. It it, it is a visualization that almost looks like you know space and the universe expanding, um, but it isn't the sun in the middle and, and the planets orbiting around the sun. And I think when you actually kind of recognize that, that's a different way to look at it as well. But if anyone is going to be in the middle, it's, it, it's got to be, it, it's not just your customer, it's your employee as well. You know, so I just, I always would want to just call that out. And, 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 and these days, quite frankly, the community as well. And that's why where the creators come back into this, which is we have so much opportunity now to recognize and reward that talent. It brings us full circle, right? Which is brands being able to figure out how to tap into, you know, these, these pockets of, uh, of, of people that have been, you know, displaced by the last year and a half, right? And it's not just creators, it's small businesses, it's entrepreneurs. This is a massive opportunity for brands to use the one thing that makes them build to suck, but actually turn you know, their Achilles heel into a superpower, which is scale.
mm-hmm. right? You, you're big enough. You're ugly enough. You've got, you, you know, you've got more money than brains, as I say, which is not in itself. You just have more money than brains because you have a talent shortage for the most part, but you have a budget abundance. So stop crying poverty with, with your budgets that are being cut. I say death by a thousand budget cuts these days, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and do good and make a difference. Here, here. So Joseph, before we get to the toughest question of the pod, I want to pause here and uh, just let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you uh, a little bit about in, in case uh, there are folks who haven't been following the brand new Joseph Jaffe isn't famous, but my next guest is me, a Corona TV. What is what's the beginning of your summer look like and how can folks help out if they want to? How can folks get into this Jaffe community? Yeah, well, the, the beginning of summer is going to be uh which I know is the toughest question is going to be spent uh, on the OR being uh, uh, operated on. Um, But I'm working, you know, as I said, harder than I've ever. And uh, if people want to get hold of me, I'm very, very findable and accessible. Um, JoeJaffe at gmail.com. It's about as specific as that. Um, And, uh, but I'm really just at Jaffe Juice on pretty much all of the social uh, media platforms and the show itself, uh, right now, it's kind of living primarily on YouTube. And probably the best way to do that is just to go to bit.ly slash Jaffe Juice TV. I'm still thinking of finding an acronym for Joseph Jaffe is not famous. Um, but I mean, you know, the, the number one thing that I would ask of a brand right now is uh, is subscribe to the show. It's free. Um, and, and you'll be glad you did because that little bit of marketing um, is... Um, it, it's pretty valuable. I mean, I think it's pretty valuable stuff right now. And, uh, and also, you know, like through the ANA, and I'm very grateful to you guys. Um, last year with the Masters of Marketing, um, I interviewed, I think it was 12 or 13 CMOs like Deborah Wall and Mark Pritchard and Ivan Pollard, Frank Cooper. You know, I can go on and on, Essie Bracey. It was just such a joy. And I was actually blown away by the incredible leadership and vision uh, from these CMOs. Um, Each one was more committed and fierce than the one before. And I just only hope if there's a wish, it's that, you know, um, it's quite clear that marketing leadership, that, that these people, that you guys, I should say, are phenomenally gifted and talented um, and your heart's in the right place. But now, you know, to use a nice analogy, that heart transplanted in in a in a rotten or rot a rotting body is not going to be a very long lived uh, and a healthy outcome. My point is, I hope the organization can use this beautiful heart uh, in order to live a long, productive, healthy, uh, healthy life. tying it all in together uh so you know we've been we've been cordial so far we've kept it light but i we really got to get into to to the deep deep waters now joseph if that's okay with you the deep waters you mean this wasn't deep enough for you all right i'm I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put my snorkel on and uh all right joseph jaffe what is your favorite album of all time and why i mean it's it's uh, the answer is always, always going to be Queen. You know, mm. 
So, so just everything Queen. Freddie, Mer uh, Freddie Mercury to me uh, was the most talented uh, musician or individual that ever lived. Um, I just, I just loved him to pieces. I remember where I was. I could probably find the brick on a cobbled street in Cape Town when I saw the uh, the afternoon newspaper headline that he died, and I remember crying like a baby. So Queen for me. Uh, and, and, and in a way, like always representing, representing me, representing the ability to, to take risks, uh, to put yourself out there, you know, to, to just put it out there. Um, and, um, and I've always loved, I'll tell you just a very quick little analogy, um, which is, you know, my, my wife is an artist, a painter. I mean, she, she doesn't do that professionally, but that's what she studied and she is gifted in that regard. And I remember like initially like going to like whether it was the Met or MoMA or, you know, the Museo d'Orsay and going like, I don't get these cubes and pixels and, and dots and, and, and weird shapes, you know, and it was what I realized. And like the, the example for me always was Jackson Pollock. I'm like, I could do that generally when I'm drunk, yeah. um, but like, I don't get what was so talented, but, but you realize the art in the talent is doing something that had never been done before and setting a precedent and opening up a whole new school wave line of thinking. And, and that to me is what Queen and what Freddie Mercury brought to the table. It, it, was, it was like the, the first time you ever saw on stage um, a rapper um, with a country singer, the crossover, or, mm -hmm. you know, or a hip hop artist with an entire philharmonic or symphony orchestra behind them. And it just changes everything. So that's why, that's why I would mention uh, Freddie. May uh, rest in peace. Love it. Yeah. And it's funny. It's really funny that, that when you mentioned Queen, the first thing that came to my mind was that they, they're just such a singular group their sound was so singular that it was almost like a, a genre unto themselves like I, it, in my mind they exist on an island where sure you can call it rock and if you really want to use four or five words together to describe it but really their entire catalog is singular so i, I think that's a phenomenal phenomenal yeah, I, love, I love the way you said it so and when you said deep waters i thought like Wait, is, is he going to talk about my heart? No, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, the last two times this, the, the, that whole the uh, dramatic intro is blown up in my face because typically this is the question that brings people to their knees. But um, literally you and the last guest, I'm like, are you ready? And they're like, yeah, that's easy. Massive Attack, the album is, I'm like, okay, fine, fine. You, you know what you like, congratulations. Um, but let, let's, let's bring this- Should I have just said Massive Attack? Well, I'm, <laughs> let's bring this to the the present. Is there anything you're listening to right now, whether it's an artist, a song, a podcast, um, that's really you know grabbing your attention at the moment? Oh, it's very easy answer for that. Massive attack. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so so th this week I had um, a singer songwriter um, artist a storyteller on my show by the name of Peter Katz, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I've been listening to his album. Um, and there are just a couple of things that are like ridiculously cool about him. Well, first of all, he actually sang a song to my daughter on her twentieth birthday uh, on the show live, which oh, was just awesome. which was just awesome. Um, two, um, he just created a, a song uh, for an author for a book, 
And I love that, you know, like going back to this whole idea of like, if your next status meeting was a show or, you know, or your next like, you know, training program was a show, but why shouldn't every book have its own song? You know, why shouldn't, why shouldn't every NFT have its own song? So I love this almost as a use case for a musician, especially people that are able to, to write songs. Um, so he just wrote, uh, wrote a song called Calm Within the Storm, um, but he performed a song called uh, Paper Thin, which is a, on his new album, well, 2020 called City of Our Lives. So I've been listening to him. And, and again, it makes it real, like that, that I know him, like I know of, like I, I really know him and I've seen him perform four feet away on my show. It makes it so much real, more real and, and intimate for me. Yeah, that adds a layer that you just can't get any other way. That's really, really awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joseph Jaffe isn't famous. That is Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, basically, anywhere where you you stream, you can look up Jaffe Juice TV. My my getting yeah, this correct it, so far? It, it should default. And by the way, it's interesting thing, which is when my guest can't do 9 o'clock live, uh, because, you know, maybe they're in London, you know, maybe mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. on the East Coast or whatever. Um, I'll record at 12 noon. Now, where it gets interesting, and this is another interesting use case with respect to uh, my creator coin, the Jaffe coin, is that Jaffe coin holders will be able to watch the live taping at 12 noon and still participate with comments, et cetera, et cetera. So the thing about these coins is that you don't have to buy them and send them to the to to the actual coin holder uh, or at least to the to the creator you can just hold them and based on what levels of of this coin that you hold you can get certain perks and privileges and access and there's actually a another thing that's so cool about it is there what's called rally rewards so every week based on provided that that there are coins in circulation that the that month the average that month's amount is higher than the previous four weeks average, there are rewards that are distributed to the entire community. So based on what percentage of coins you hold, you actually get rewards. And they can be like thousands of dollars in terms of equivalent. Rally just raised $57 million to go back into the community. So you are building an, an economy um, as well. So that's that's the one thing that's kind of cool as well is that I'm thinking as well as how do I reward, you know, my loyal listeners or viewers with additional perks. And one of them is going to be the fact that the pre-record is actually like only available to some, uh, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I just want to mention that. I think that's awesome. Um, Joseph Jaffe, we, we covered some ground today, my friend. Uh, thank you so, so much for coming through and just geeking out for a while with me. Really, really, truly appreciate it, my friend. It was fun. And I know we're going to be doing some more uh, uh, cool stuff together. And, uh, you know, at, at this point, may I make a smallish plug to people that, you know, I always say, if you're still listening at this time, then, you know, like, oh, you're, we've got yeah, we're, we're best friends. Yeah, you're like, I got you, man. I'm just going to reel you <laughs> in. No, I was going to say, if Please. anybody if anybody wants to uh, figure out a way to support the show and support me as a creator and also the creators on my show, uh, I'm going to be looking for uh, a brand or brands to sponsor the creator segment, these performers as well. And I actually want to compensate my creators or the creators that are on the show. And there are a whole bunch of these rewards 
that people can, you know, whether they want to sponsor a show, whether they want their own show, um, whether they want to even co-host the show, all of these different ways that they can actually get, it's a way of them actually getting more comfortable with this whole streaming era and the creator economy. So it's, it's kind of like a bit of a win-win and uh, all of those are available um, on my uh, creator page. And of course, the little sting in the tail, you know, is you can only order like $200 worth of crypto with a credit card. So, you know, the brands are going to have to figure out how to like get in, in order to get in. Um, yeah. So there's, there, so it's kind of like a learning by doing things. So the, this was just based on anybody at the point that's right at the end of this. Hopefully I've earned the right to give you a little request, uh, an RFP, a request for plug. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I couldn't be, uh, I couldn't be more happy to let you. And I really, really strongly encourage everybody listening uh, to go check Joe's uh, channels out and, and really look into the opportunities because like he said, this is your entryway. You want to ju jump off the high dive and somehow not land in the water, but still get the idea of what it feels like. This is a pretty good option for you. Joe, we're all hoping for a speedy recovery because you and I have got some uh, work to do uh, the second half of this year, my friend. I'm going to leave it a little bit cryptic like that, but um, a we're not crypto done. crypto or cryptic? Which Woo! one? <laughs> little column A, little column B. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, it has nothing to do with crypto, but it just sounded too, the words sounded too similar. You needed to do it. I would have been a little disappointed if you didn't. And, and, <laughs> and um, you know, obviously hoping to... Uh, do a little bit more work with Masters of Marketing as well, which is, I just think, uh, one of the, not one of the, the greatest event on the marketing calendar. Boom. Well, you know what? Joe Jaffe and ANA are two great tastes that taste great together. So I think there's going to be a lot of collaborations in our future. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us on the Marketing Futures Podcast. It was my pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Futures Podcast. Have an idea for a topic or guest for a future episode? Shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ANA.net. Be sure to subscribe to the Futures Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, if you're looking to get smart on the future, point your browsers to ANA.net slash futures.